Welcome to the Healing Place podcast, a space filled with inspirational stories of hope, along with practical advice for your healing journey. Your host is Terry Welbrock, trauma warrior, writer, speaker, blogger, therapy dog handler, and founder of the Sammy's Bundles of Hope Project. As a survivor and a thriver, Terry's mission is to shine the light of hope into the world by interviewing insightful guests from across the globe. The Healing Place podcast is a fiscally sponsored project of Fractured Atlas. Welcome everybody to the Healing Place podcast. I am your host, Terry Welbrock, and excited to have with me today, Nancy McKay. And Nancy is certified life and equus coach, author, and speaker. So welcome. Thank you so much, Terry. It's great to be here. Yes, I told you right before I hit record, I had to look up how to pronounce E-Q-U-U-S. I had no idea. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Equus is horses. Oh. And so it's, uh, um, you know, it's just part of the terminology. And um, as an Equus coach, I don't coach horses, but I use <laughs> horses as co-facilitators for life coaching. So. Wonderful. Well, you yeah. probably saw my my labradoodle behind me moving around just a second ago and yeah. she's actually she's a registered or a certified therapy dog, registered therapy dog awesome. uh, through pet partners and we work with kids in schools and so it really is it's amazing how animals yeah. can have an impact on helping people heal and and process. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Beautiful. It's just it's magic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I've heard horses are just amazing at, you know, at doing that for people as well. Yep. Yeah. Wonderful. Very intuitive. All right. So yeah, let people know who you are and what you do. Okay. (laughs) Um, I'm uh, at Life and Equus Coach. I'm certified both. And I came to this just kind of... um, It was just sort of by chance, I guess you could say. I was diagnosed at 58 with ovarian cancer. And after I got through treatment and and all of that, my perspective on life just started to change. And it was kind of like I got hit upside the head with the mortality two by four. And even though I wasn't diagnosed um, terminal by any stretch, I was, um, I had ovarian cancer, it was early stage. And so, but it was enough of a shock that I, I really started to grasp that I wasn't happy in the work that I was doing. And so I set out to learn something new when most people are thinking about retiring. And so at 60, I started training to become a life coach. And uh, here I am four years later doing it full time and, you know, just kind of pinching myself that I get to do the kind of work that really feeds my soul and helps people, which is why it feeds my soul. Right. (laughs) I totally, I totally relate because I'm 55 and I really is, I'm I'm doing my soul work and I say it often on the show. I love 
um, I don't know. I, it doesn't feel like work because I'm so passionate about it and I love it right. so much. Yeah. 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 It definitely makes a difference. Um, I, yeah, I can work so many more hours at this than, than I would have wanted to at my other job just because I get so involved in it and it's work that I love to do. So it doesn't, like you said, it doesn't feel like work. Right. Yeah. And well, one of the topics we, we talked about um, beforehand was change your thoughts, change your life. So that's really the type of work that you help people with is, is doing exactly that. Right. Mindset. Um, yeah. Because that's where everything I think my belief is that everything starts there with your thoughts. And so, um, you know, it's not our circumstances that create our experience in our life. It's our thoughts about our circumstances that create the experience. So if you can change how you think about something, then that thought will generate a different feeling or emotion. And then you'll take a different action because of how you feel. <laughs> and then that will give you a different result. And so, you know, if you feel like your life is um, going down the, the drain, <laughs> it's because you think your life is going down the drain. Um, right. Because the circumstance is completely neutral. It's, you know, it's a circumstance. It's not, you know, we, we give it the power right. or the emotion or whatever. So um, I, I just, I think it's absolutely fascinating. And it's so interesting because you can, what, what we do is we can learn to catch our thoughts and, and shift them. You know, it's not like you can go from, being really angry to being happy, you know, just by flipping the coin. Right. Right. But, but you level up. So, you know, if you're angry, then maybe you can go from anger to perplexed or something, you know, what you just level up a little bit. And so then, and it takes the power out of it. Yeah. So, so then you can look at it and, and when you level up the thought, then that also levels up the emotion that is created by it. And so, you know, it, it, you know, it lessens the anger. It brings the level up there. And then you don't, you know, if you're angry at your husband because he said something, you know, and maybe, you know, my, my coach used to say, your husband said words. Oh, yeah. That's all it is. You know, your husband yeah. said words. You're reacting to what you are making those words mean. Yes. Right? Oh, what are you that. making those words mean? Yeah. And so then that creates a thought, you know, well, I think it means this. And I'll be darned if... I'm going to let him get away with that. Right. So that just really stokes up the fire in the belly. Right. And creates a, a big emotion. And then if you just think, well, he said words, 
what am I making that mean? Well, I'm making it mean something entirely different than he says he meant to say or how he meant to say it. It makes a huge difference in how we conduct ourselves because then you know, if we're all fired up, then we're, you know, we're going to slam doors and break plates and God knows what. And maybe it just doesn't need to happen. <laughs> you right. know, that doesn't need to happen. So yeah, that's yeah. kind of a long explanation. I, that's a very powerful way of looking at it is just to almost pause and say, just some words. Yep. Yes. You know, and, and the phrase, what are you making this mean? is huge and uh and it really does take all the fire out of it because yeah. it's like oh it you know it puts the ball back in your court right like i'm making a mountain out of a molehill i'm doing yeah. that nobody else is doing it it's all happening in my head right <laughs> so if it's happening in my head then I'm in control of that. Right. And I can change that. Yeah. And if I can change how I think about that, then I can also change how I feel about it. Right. Oh, for sure. I, I, I was talking to one of my sons recently and we were talking about, I don't know, angry people during the pandemic. It just seems people, people's views oh, yeah. are shorter. Right. And so, um, I don't know, somebody was screaming and yelling in a car, flipping him off. I don't know, doing something. And I, I said something along the lines of, you know, we're all on our own journeys. They're just not as far along on their journey as you are. And so it was like one of those aha moments of, oh yeah, like if you stop to pause and think about their, their, what they're doing, how they're behaving, they're yelling and screaming and flipping off and whatever it is they're doing, really that's their journey, uh, you know, right. their words. <laughs> they're just saying words. <laughs> exactly. So if you can just say, you know, it really doesn't have an impact on me. Um, wow. It does. It does change everything because then you're right. You're not, you know, reacting and getting angry and cussing back and flipping back off and, you know, right. keep on driving and go on with your day. Right. Yeah. You know, and if you, and then if you can even exercise some compassion for the other guy, yeah. You know, because who knows, maybe he's rushing to get to the hospital because his mom or his wife or somebody's just been admitted after an accident or, you know, who knows, but it's, it's like, we don't, we don't know what the other person is going through. We just know what they've thrown out into the universe, Yeah. right? The energy that they're throwing out there and we can either choose to react or not. and it's going to make us feel worse if we react negatively. They don't care right? <laughs> how we feel or how we react. Right. They're, they're just in their own world, you know, and they probably have no idea what, what that their action did to fire us up. Right. So, yeah, it's just, it's, and, you know, I, I've been in the, you know, I've been on the receiving end of some of that and I've done my fair share of it as well. I mean, you know, it's, 
I, you know, traffic is one of my triggers, you know, <laughs> is bad. And that's the way it is, you know, and I'm learning. We all are. And, you know, it's like, take a breath, take a beat. You yeah. don't have to react to everything that happens. Yes. Absolutely. Easier said than done, but a good practice, you know, right? <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll sit behind someone in a red light and it turns green and then their head's down, you know, they're texting and I still oh, yeah. want to lay on the horn, but I have, I have done exactly what you said and saying to myself, maybe they're getting a text that their mother's in the hospital. Maybe they're just, they've been, you know, doing a pulled a double shift at the hospital working and they're super tired and they just closed their eyes for a second. Yeah. yeah. Again, I just try to take that pause. Right. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. And it is amazing because it really does create more of a joyous, peaceful life. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, that is something for all of us to remember is, you know, if you want to have a happy existence you're going you know it's in your best interest to not react to everything that happens in the world you know you don't have to you know come at every situation loaded for bear you know you just right, <laughs> right. it it makes life a whole lot more pleasant for everybody involved if you can um have some compassion for everyone else and yourself. Yeah, too. for sure. Self-compassion sure. is very important. Yes, absolutely. Hi, it's Terry Welbrock here. Just taking a moment to send up a big thank you to Dr. Bree Gentili for her recurring donation as a sponsor of the Healing Place podcast. If you would like to be a sponsor of the show as well, you can visit my website at terrywellbrock.com. It's T-E-R-I-W-E-L-L-B-R-O-C-K.com. All right. And look for the Donate Now at Fractured Atlas tab. Thanks so much. Well, and that was steers us to one of the questions, one of the other topics we wanted, you know, to touch upon today, which was um, alcoholism and mm-hmm. addiction. And so I know with my um, journey with my mom, and finally being able to take a step back from it because I was so caught up in the trauma of it. I was so caught mm-hmm. up in its impact on me um, and throughout my childhood, well, throughout my whole life and having to go in and clean up the mess or uh, you know that codependent relationship. When I was finally able to take a step back from that and not be in that codependency part of it anymore, um, I was able to have compassion and then by me being able to have compassion, she started to be able to shift and she started to do some healing work. And so, yeah. So can you touch upon that addiction, that disease a little bit for us? Oh, sure. Well, I grew up in an alcoholic household as well. And, um, you know, my father was an alcoholic. My mom was a heavy drinker. Um, and, you know, they were high functioning Um, For the most part, it was a normal childhood, except that I learned, like you did, I'm sure, to walk on eggshells. (laughs) You do everything you possibly can not to upset the apple cart. And, um, you know, it's a, I was, I was talking with um, 
someone else about being, it's like, it's like being in a war zone, you know, even though there may not be a lot of fighting going on, it feels like a minefield. Yeah. And it, and you're always in a state, your body is always in a state of high alert and, and anxiety sort of thing. So you're always in a stress response. Yeah. And, and it's very difficult for our bodies to relax when we're always on alert. Right. Yeah. I just, I call it, I lived in a constant state of hyper arousal. I was just constantly in that state of when is it going to, when here it comes any second now. Right. Yep. Yep. When is the other shoe going to drop? Right. Right. So, um, so that was, you know, that was the basis of a lot of my, you know, I learned how to be a people pleaser, (laughs) you know, um, turn the other cheek, whatever, you know, it was just um, a way to survive. And then my, you know, I started drinking in high school with all my buddies and because everybody did, you know, it was just, that's what you did. And, you know, I, in my twenties, I didn't, you know, I partied a little bit, but not, you know, it wasn't out of hand or anything by my thirties, things ramped up a bit. Forties. We were the life, my, my, I had met my husband. We were the life of the party sort of thing. Um, and my father killed himself the year I turned 50. Oh, and that I felt so guilty about that because I felt like I should have been there. (laughs) And that guilt kicked my drinking into alcoholic drinking. So, you know, I was drinking heavily anyway, and I had thought about quitting and just couldn't put it, you know, couldn't muster up the courage to do it. And so then, you know, my my drinking really kicked into high gear and it took me a couple of years and I was um, suicidal myself. And so that's what set me on my, you know, my recovery path was a failed suicide attempt. And so that scared me sober <laughs> basically. And uh, I haven't had a drink since. And that was, little over 12 years ago. Wow. Well, there's a lot, there was a lot there. One, I'm so sorry about your father and, um, and thank you for sharing that with us. And, but two congratulations. And I mean, just kudos to you because again, watching my mom through her journey, um, you know, I know what, what a process that is. Um, And not, I mean, it really, I know for her, it's a daily, it's a daily. Oh, absolutely. um, I don't want to say battle, but it's a daily experience for her. There's Mm -hmm. days, you know, that she won't talk about it, but she's 85 years old and celebrating a year and a half sober. Yay, mom. Um, And actually more than that, in in July, it'll be two years. And so uh, to me, I'm just so 
over the top proud of her. Um, but there are days that she'll say to me when I talk to her on the phone, because we, we now live five states away from each other. And she'll say, um, you know, I thought about it today. Now she attributes it to God. And, mm-hmm. you know, she told Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, he needed to be healed. And so she believes that it happened. And um, then and so she'll say, I'll just I just look at his picture on the wall. And I tell him I'm having one of those days and that he needs to get me through it. And he does. And so, I mean, that's how she every day gets through it. Well, and I think that that's how really anybody is able to stay sober. You know, it may not be Jesus. But it might be, um, you know, the universe or a higher power of some sort. I don't really give a rip what you call it. Right. Um, I used to call God Murphy when I first got sober because I, I was so angry at God for a variety of reasons. But I just kind of choked on the word. Yeah. And once again, you know, <laughs> it's a word. It was my thoughts about that word that conjured up this, you know, at any rate. So I called God Murphy for a long time. (laughs) I love that. I mean, but that's, that's a very powerful and poignant point about, yeah, of you're taking that word that was, I mean, at the time when you you were still trying to do the healing work, it was, it was a trigger word. Yeah, Um, it was. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and then because I knew how important that was, that leaning on a higher power, which I had, you know, I mean, I, I, I had the concept that there was something out there bigger and, you know, whatnot, right? And all I have to do is look at the inside of a flower and you know that there's something greater than you out there, right? I mean, you know, something created the intricacies of the inside of that flower. That's, that's what that brings to me. It's like, oh yeah, (laughs) there's something bigger than me. So once you really land on that, then you can ask that power for help. Yeah. And if you're sincere in that request, it will be granted to you. And I know this firsthand (laughs) because it's happened to me many times. And that's what gets me through everything is that faith in something bigger. Yeah. And if I just have the wits about me to surrender whatever I'm struggling with to that, you know, my divine goddess or Murphy, you know, (laughs) Murphy, whatever you want to call it. Right. Right. If I surrender that, then you can almost feel it leaving your body. I mean, it's just like, oh, 
well, if I would have known that was going to happen, I would have done it a long time ago. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it truly is. I mean, I've, I've lived it myself and it really is that, that feeling of almost like when I've just reached overwhelm and I'm, I can't carry this any longer, I'm handing it off to you. Right. Um, yeah. It's amazing because it really does. Um, it just, you can feel the weight. You can feel it, it goes. Yeah. Leaves. And, and the thing that confounds me still to this day is that I will hang on to something because I think I can fix it. Damn it. You're right. And, and, you know, and then it's like, oh, oh yeah. If I just hand it over, then I don't have to feel this way. And, you know, it'll get taken care of. Right. Exactly. I love it. All right. Well, thank you. So is there anything else that you wanted to touch upon today that we haven't had an opportunity to talk about yet? Well, I think we have to talk about horses just a little bit more. Okay. (laughs) Um, Just because they're magic and they have um, given me so much in just the short period of time that I've worked with them and and been exposed to them. You know, I, I am not a horse person. I don't have my own horses. I didn't grow up with horses, but I experienced an Equus coaching session um, or an equine assisted coaching session several years ago. And it was like, wow, this is the coolest thing ever. That horse just looked into my eyes and right down into my soul. And she got me, you know, she knew all about me and really liked me anyway. And so I was very smitten. And then I went to a um, women's equine retreat in Tucson about a year or so later. And the following weekend did a a workshop with my Equus coaches. and, And it was just, it was phenomenal. And I thought I have got to learn how to do this so that I can not, you know, selfishly for myself, so I can work with horses a lot, but also witness the transformation in my clients that I had myself, you know, and it's, it is just the most amazing experience. And you, it's hard to describe, you can't really describe it, because it, I think it's different for everybody, but everybody has an aha, you know, like, and it's not just an aha, it's like an, oh my God, I can't believe this. This is amazing. Right. Because of the stuff that they are, you know, you get in the presence of a horse and you just start spilling your guts kind of, you know, it's just like you feel, they make you feel safe. I make my clients feel safe. They just are able to open up and let their true self come out. Yeah. And as a result, they have this transformation that is amazing. And I've never not had somebody experience that. It's magic. It's magic. That's beautiful. I know for me, myself, 
horses always terrified me because they had giant heads. And so I just remember being scared of them, but they're so beautiful. And I've since come to like, I can pet them and touch them and talk to them. And, and it really is. When I went to Colorado to visit my son, we went horseback riding and I just was mesmerized looking into, I took some photography and how interesting that um, I, I took our Nikon and really zoomed in on their eyes. I was yeah. mesmerized by their eyes. So I must've been connecting. I can still, oh yeah. as I'm talking about it, I still see that same tan horse with its law. And I was just, we just stared at each other. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, next time you come to Colorado to visit your son, be sure to book a session with me. I would love it. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. That's awesome. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Very cool. So how do people find you? How do they get in touch with you? Well, my website is amazingoutlookcoaching.com and they can drop me an email at nancy at amazingcoaching.com. And I'm on Facebook and LinkedIn and um, Instagram and all the fun stuff. And then I've got a um, um, chapter from my book. Um, I did, I didn't write the book. I contributed a chapter, um, called the, um, intersection of desperation and grace. And it's in ready to fly volume three. And I will, um, I'll drop in the chat, the link, and you can include that in the show notes. Wonderful. But it's, um, amazingoutlookcoaching.com slash gift dash chapter, I believe. So wonderful. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you so very much. Yeah. And yeah, thank you for joining me here today and sharing your insights. And, well, thank you. Um, yeah. The healing work you're doing for others in the world. Thank you so much. It's, it's, um, it, like I say, I pinch myself that I get to do this every day and, um, it's just, you know, so much different. Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, everyone, thank you for joining us today on the Healing Place podcast. And remember, until next time, be gentle with yourself. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening today to the Healing Place podcast with your host and trauma warrior, Terry Welbrock. If you enjoyed this episode and want to learn more about Terry, her mission, and the Hope for Healing journey, visit Terry's website at www.terrywellbrock.com. Thank you for liking, commenting, sharing, and offering your reviews on our YouTube channel, audio outlets, and Facebook page. And as Terry reminds us, until next time, remember, be gentle with yourself.